You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. You're listening to the iDicket Podcast. A podcast where we talk about the student perspective of navigating the world of archaeology and anthropology. I'm your host, Michaela. And I'm your host, Alyssa. Hey there, welcome into today's episode. Welcome in. Yeah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> welcome in welcome to in like you're inside the podcast now yes we're all how does it feel to be now. some data <laughs> <laughs> so today we have a special event for you guys first we will be welcoming our new project assistant izzy say hi Woo! izzy really quick hi, hi everyone <laughs> And then the second half of the episode, we will be talking about the movie The Dig, recently out on Netflix. We just had a live watch session on our Discord with live reactions, too. So we'll be giving our thoughts on that as well. All right, Izzy, welcome to the project. Uh, that is well, I Dig It. It is I Dig It. I guess we're a project now. Um, so <laughs> this is Izzy, and she kind of came onto the project unexpectedly and very quickly. We got connected through my tattoo artist, who is her roommate. And Izzy, tell us a little bit about what you're studying, what you do. Well, yes. First of all, I'm so excited to be here. This is this is great. <laughs> I I'm so happy that we had such an unexpected but super just welcome meeting. But yeah, right now I am recently graduated from UC Davis. I have nice. a major. <laughs> uh, my majors were in um, anthropology and art history. Um, and my specific focus is in archaeology. And for the past couple months, I've been messing around in cultural resource management and doing a lot of like, you know, field work and eventually in the next couple of weeks, like lab work. Uh, and, and what's next for me is I'm going to be going to grad school at officially University of Nevada, Reno for their what? MA in archaeology. <laughs> yes. That's a, a new announcement as of today, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it took a long time to decide. But I am I am strong in my conviction for this decision. So That's exciting. Amazing. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> the long path of grad school awaits you. It's very exciting. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you're doing now with your CRM work. What are your projects? Yeah, so um so I, I spent a lot of time in uh, the El Dorado National Forest uh, with the Great Basin Institute. It's the AmeriCorps program. And I worked a lot with the Forest Service. So that was really, really cool. We were just doing a lot of ground survey. Well, more like a lot of leaf survey because there was like <laughs> no ground there. there was, it was really like dense forest. And oh, man. That, it was really fun, though. It was, it was really good. I, I felt very um, in shape by the end of it. So that was... That was good for me, mm, I think physically. That's fun. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a great experience. We had we a lot of can sites because cans are everywhere. As yes, anyone who does CRM, indeed. <laughs> yes, oh, oh exciting man. Stuff. <laughs> but uh, I we also had some pretty cool prehistoric stuff, like you know a lot of typical like small things like lithic scatters and 
Um, we had some really cool new sites that, uh, you know, the Forest Service was super excited about. Uh, and then after that, I ended up working at some CRM firms in the Bay Area. And I'm just, a, you know, a couple little things here and there. I, I worked with um, these human remains from this uh, random, like, grave site that was found in San Francisco. And it's from the whole you know, cemetery move that happened in the 30s. And we were at just a construction site and stumbled upon a bunch of bones. And we we're like, oh, no, and a headstone. And we're like, oh, no, we got we to do something oop. about this. And I, it was really one of those moments like, oh, we forgot another person. Oops. But so, so that's, that's what I'm kind of, what I've been up to now. And then in the next coming weeks, um, I will be working in, uh, a lab for another firm that's been uh, working on this shell mound. And it's it's a really amazing project. And I'm so excited to see the materials on it. And I don't really know what I'm what to expect at this point. But I'm, I'm just so I, I love being in the world of uh, CRM work. And it's just a really good time. I'm excited for you. Keep us updated on how that project goes. That I sounds know. exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun to be a part of projects that are just always stimulating. And it's just like, what's going on? Okay, what's next? Let's go. Try to get some cool pictures. We'll share them with the Instagram definitely. and everything. Most, <laughs> that, most that definitely. That can be shared. Yeah, all, all the like, ethically good photos that aren't problematic for sharing. Yes, <laughs> yes I, I, I do want to share pictures as much as I can, but I, I'm always sort of conscious about, you know, you know, being sort of respectful. But exactly. If, if it's cool and it's it's allowed, I will definitely share. <laughs> Maybe like the scenery of where the project is. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Well, we are so happy to have you and you've been such a big help already in the short week that you've been with us. <laughs> it's only been a week. It's like barely been a barely week. Barely been a week. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel crazy. like we've known you forever. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so honored. I'm so honored. Honestly. We're honored. Yeah. So some of the new projects we have is we started an I Dig It blog on Tumblr. And we got our blog it. I blog it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so we have a couple posts on there too. And I know Izzy wants to do a lot of um, blogging. If you want to like share some ideas of what you have in mind, I know you had a couple. Oh yeah, no, because I, I really like the idea of condensing some of the episodes into smaller, you know, e more easily con consumable, like little tiny articles. So it's you know, it's people who may may not have the time to like re-listen to an episode or listen to the full thing. They can just get a quick rundown, and then when they do have time, they can go back and listen to the full you know, podcasts, but I think it'd be fun to like, just, you know, disseminate it out to people who are, who are just on Tumblr, you know, reading through their, their, their dash and they can stumble upon a, a nice short post. That's, that's really informative and we'll, you know, get, give them a taste of the podcast and then maybe, you know, entice them in and get them to, to be, <laughs> to become one of us. Love Hear it. the banter along with it. <laughs> yeah. Every post can have a nice little Canva banner and It'll oh, all yes. be good. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm so excited. Yeah, I think we have a lot of cool potential with the blog, so I'm excited to get it all going, up and running. I don't really understand Tumblr. Um, I've never really tumbled before. I was mainly on Reddit as a kid. I mean, mm. teenager. As yeah, a kid, as a child. <laughs> as a five-year-old, I was on the good old Reddit. No. no. I actually didn't start using Tumblr until... 
my mas- my master's degree. So like it's a very recent thing for me, even though it's been around for so long. But there are so many archaeologists on Tumblr. Like most of our fan base has come from my Tumblr posts on <laughs> on that site. So it's yeah, it's crazy how many how many of you guys are on there. I love it. <laughs> how how what what got you really interested in archaeology? Oh, um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, I think it started as um, I was really interested in paleontology. And I really don't know what got me into that. I, maybe Jurassic Park. Who knows? Um, it's a good movie. <laughs> uh, but I remember, I think my earliest memory of really wanting to do paleontology was sometime probably in the first grade. I read some sort of like, you know, book about it. And I love dinosaurs. And that was like my thing for a while. And then by fourth grade rolls around and my teacher was absolutely wonderful. And she, I told her how much I wanted to do paleontology one day. And it was like, you know, like a little kid dream, but she took it really seriously. And she like, like helped me look up like UCLA's like PhD program in, <laughs> in like paleontology as I was as like a fourth, a fourth grader. She put it out for me. It was so sweet. But it was so, so sweet. And she printed out this page for me. I remember I, I took it home to my mom and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I was so, so, so set on it. And I think somewhere along the line, I don't know what happened. I, not that it fell out of my interest, but I, I feel like someone told me, I think it was probably like a high school counselor, like, oh, this isn't a really viable career option for you. Like, <laughs> you're not going to, you're not going to make any money like this. Like, you might want to choose something more practical. And I, and I sort of diverged. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And that's, that's where archaeology comes in. Um, jokes on them because I have three jobs. So. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's really where it all started. And I don't think I really knew what I was gonna, you know, end up getting into when I entered college. I sort of I sort of knew anthropology was the track and and then I stumbled into like archaeology for real and I was like, wow, this is actually a viable thing I can do. And then I just sent it from there. I was like, I'm Woo. full, I'm fully full in that. I'm fully, full I'm fully in, in the excavation pit on this one. Like there's no turning back. You dug yourself into that hole. I really did. <laughs> this is this is the proverbial mound I will die on. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just keep digging in there because you're like, I don't want to get out. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not I'm not leaving. <laughs> Here to stay. Then it turns into the book Journey to the Center of the Earth. And then instead of like magnum magna lava what am I trying to say? <laughs> instead of lava, it's this like weird fluorescent world with giant insects. <laughs> I think that, that was are you trying to say magma. <laughs> Magma yeah. lava. <laughs> Magma lava. Yes. Uh, Josh Hutchison. Yeah. Oh Child, childhood dream. <laughs> childhood, <laughs> childhood crush. Yeah. Wow. Except in Bridge to Terabithia. Rest in Rip. peace. Even though he didn't. Was it yeah, he, no, know, he didn't. Spoiler alert. The other girl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I mean, it came out in like, what, 2005, six? <laughs> yeah, the book was older than that, too. It's fine. Yeah. But that's amazing. That's so cool. Oh, thank you. I'm, I have a good time with it. <laughs> that's the most important part. I love the switch from not viable career to archaeology was like the most natural move. Poor counselor. <laughs> I, I th- like I I feel like 
I don't think even, this counselor even like did it. I think it was just me. Like I was just like, well, <laughs> if I can't do paleontology, I'm just going to do the next best thing. <laughs> the next humans. <laughs> the next dirt thing. The next best thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what that place is called. So there's like the museum in LA, the La Brea Tar Pits. La Brea Tar Pits. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if either of you have ever gone there, but it's like the museum is on top of like actual tar pits that were in the center of LA. And I don't remember like when they were digging in there and stuff, but they actually found like animal bones and like mammoth bones and saber toothed tigers. At least that's what was in the museum. I think that was like my earliest experience to like tar pits and archaeology. Like, cause going to school in like the LA area as a kid, it would just be like, okay, let's go to the La Brea tar pits. And I remember during one of like the field trips, this mom had like, like a way for us to be grouped together. And it was like, we would have our arm up kind of like an elephant trunk. And then we would use our other hand to like wave goodbye. And then we would wave goodbye from our armpits because it stank because <laughs> tar pits are very stinky. So then it would be like goodbye, La Brea tar pits. And then it's like your armpit and then it stinks. So you're blowing like the stinkiness to it. <laughs> It was very cute, and I just had that memory come into my head, just thinking about, like, childhood dreams of, like, paleontology, archaeology. Oh, my God. <laughs> cute. Yeah. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, I, I also grew up in the L.A. area, and I dragged my parents to the La Brea Tar Pits. Yes. Aww. So many times. So many times. Oh, my gosh. I love that place. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> I've never been. I need to go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They had that woman, like, I think it was just a – it's been so long since I've been there, but it was, like, a reconstruction of a woman. Like, uh, I think it was, like, just an indigenous woman and just, like, the, like, outfit that she would have worn and, like, everything around her. There was, like, saber-toothed tigers and wherever, like, inside the museum. And I remember, like, I think the first time I went was, like, after the movie Ice Age came out. So I was like, oh, it's like in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you go to the LACMA right after. And you go look at art for a while. Great, like, contrast to one another. <laughs> From, like, art of archaeology and artifacts to modern paintings. Yeah. Should do I think a it's a good trip. juxtaposition. It's, it's yeah, so much fun really. to do. <laughs> I mean, because when you look at the actual, like, if you look on Google Maps and you Google La Brea Tar Pits and you look right next to it and you see this, like, giant modern art museum <laughs> and then you just see this, like, tar ground with these fake mammoths being sunk into it and this little teeny museum right next to it. It's just such, yeah, the juxtaposition between, like, the two is crazy. I need to Google this. Please. I'm going based off of memory and it's been a long time. It's like I've been to LACMA more recently. Yeah, it's been a while for me too. I'm like, wow, it's really just like nostalgic childhood memories. I'm like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I used to love this place. Really though, there's there's so many good museums in Los Angeles. Are you looking at photos, Alyssa? Yeah, I looked them up. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what you like said it's like a mammoth falling into the tar pit yeah i feel like that's just very like sad (laughs) it's like i know you're just trying to convey something here but also Mm -hmm. oh and there's a little baby like there's a little baby it's very depressing like 
Sad for its mom falling in the tar pit. Mama be dying. That's so sad. (laughs) R.I.P. Peace. That's so sad. Yeah, so um, if you want to be sad for a little bit, just look up the La Brea tar pits. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And just think about all the animals that got stuck in tar. Maybe not. Don't think about it. I need to not think about it. <laughs> what's what's the difference between like tar and a bog? It's a good tar question. Is <laughs> carbon? What is bog? Hydrocarbons <laughs> and free carbon obtained from a wide variety of organic materials through deconstructive distillation. Mm. Oh, and a bog is just a wetland. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would not. I, I mean, I kind of would rather find um, a bog than a tar pit because if you get stuck in there, ouchy, because it can be hot. Mike, can I also just point out that like um, La Brea tar pits really just means tar tar pits. That's oh, does, I'm like, is that the word for tar? <laughs> it's the word for tar in Spanish. I remember my mom told me that, and I'm just like, wait. So it's just named what? tar tar pit. <laughs> <laughs> Tar tar. Wow. <laughs> so do you think oh dude, if they had a restaurant, they should serve tartar. 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 Like some steak tartar. <laughs> They're missing out on this beautiful um Tarnips. Yeah, serving turnips. Tarnips. 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 Yeah. Mm. If they char something, it's been um tar- it's carbonized. I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever. Tar tar tarinized. Tarbonized. <laughs> The end. Anyway, that was so. That was our our bit about tar. We're gonna take a break now, and then when we come back, we'll be talking about the movie, The Dig. And welcome to our next segment of talking about The Dig and what we thought about it and everything about it. I suppose. <laughs> All right, general thoughts, and then we'll get into some details. Should we give a little summary about what the dig is? Sure. Okay. Out of out of ten, I give it like a eight-ish, I think. I think is my rating. I think I give it like a seven point five. It made me cry, so that's why it's like on the higher scale. That's fair. <laughs> I agree. I agree Same. with eight. Eight. Eight sounds good to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fantastic. Who wants who wants to give the <laughs> the rundown. <laughs> I can give the rundown. Okay. The dig was based in the 1930s, 1938, right before World War II really started kicking off. It's about the discovery of the Anglo-Saxon burial site of Sutton Hoo and just kind of everything that went along with that excavation and discovery. And so it starts off in this woman's backyard, basically, Mrs. Pretty's backyard. And then she hired an excavator, Mr. Brown, who has been a local excavator, archaeologist. Well, they call him like an amateur archaeologist and no formal training, you know, even though he has, his father has, and his grandfather have all been digging in this region of England for like their entire lives. But, you know, amateur. And kind of going along with that and then having the archaeologists come in and taking over the site and just kind of the politics behind that. And yeah. Anything else to add with that summary? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Decent overview. 
I personally really liked it. I didn't think it was too dramatized like many archaeology movies often are. We did find out from the Discord that there were a couple um, new love triangles and love stories in the film that weren't real. But I feel like that's that's pretty minor in general, like as a love story. But then we found out that some of the characters were replaced with like males when they were originally female, just to introduce love into the picture. But overall, I I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The cinematography, amazing score. It was a score. It was good. I I mean, I was enjoying listening to the music alongside of the the imagery that was happening. I thought they had some really interesting choices of having like the footage being shot while there's voiceovers of the scene that was happening, and it would focus in on a specific individual in the film while some other people would be talking. And so it's kind of just like things that happen in the background and just kind of showing Mrs. Pretty while they were talking about the ship that was found at the site and kind of like, cause it's on her land and it's technically her property. And they're talking about like, okay, well, we're going to do this with this. We're going to do this with that. And just kind of like, not just her grief, but her illness and, anxiety maybe towards it and having everything kind of taken out of her control but I don't you don't really know if that's actually how she's feeling but you can kind of make your own ideas about that with the portrayal of her during those conversations as well because they never specifically state anything yeah I think they also did that to kind of emphasize the like tension between the characters also because I remember there was one part where he was talking about like the beauty of the ship or whatever and it was showing her in the window and so I think they they did that really well to like emphasize the connection they had even if it was like a fake connection that didn't happen in real life but I thought it was really beautifully done how they would mirror those images with voiceovers too. No yeah I I totally agree because it's like I I think the the movie cinematically was extremely beautiful and I, I agree that you know they did add some you know drama to it in the typical kind of Hollywood style which is it's it's Hollywood and it I, I think I can forgive that because you know archaeologically it's it was pretty decent for for the time period and pretty decent for Hollywood in general to actually like sort of show the politics of archaeology in you know the earlier part of the 20th century and I, 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 I'm sort of a sucker for the romantic side of archaeology, like this beautiful notion of like, you know, humans and our story. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just a very beautiful notion. And it's, it's so much more complicated than like that. But when you, you know, if I'm thinking about it in a, in a very simple and just romantic term, I'm always just like blown away by how like wonderful and how extraordinary it is to have a site like this and to be a part of something like this. And I think they captured that spirit extremely well in this movie. Yeah. They had some great quotes like from the movie too. I know we were like typing them down as they came, but it was stuff about like, we're doing this so that future generations can know where they come from and stuff along those lines too, that really tingle the, the heartstrings of the archeologists for sure. Like that's why we're all doing this. Yeah. 
I'm tempted to read the book and see the comparisons between the book that was made. I think it was 2009 or 2007 and the movie and see kind of like how, where they took things or from the book and stuff like that too. Cause I'm like, I can tell that this was a book before. And I was just like, I'm glad I want to see like how like the imagery from the book and just like the visuals that you can portray on your own were captured in the movie. Like you were saying, is you like just like the sheer beauty of the site even though it's like, we know that wasn't actually filmed there, but we can still imagine. Oh, there's this one shot of Mr. Brown sitting on the river after he discovered the ship and there is a ship going in the river. And I thought it was just going to be like this imagine, like imagination of like a Viking ship or not Viking ship, like Anglo-Saxon ship going through this river and just kind of like what it would have been like when this ship was at its full glory and it was just like a normal ship. Regular but. sailing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it had really cool sails, but. <laughs> yeah, that was a cool, cool yeah. scene. Yeah. There was um, also another thing I appreciated about the film was how they brought up like the issue of like women in the field or not issue of women in the field, but the issues that women face when they're in the field. Um, we saw a little bit of that, for example, uh, what's her name? The actress. Lily James? Yes, Lily James. Uh, she plays a female archaeologist and basically the main archaeology guy in the white suit. He's like, yeah, you're here because you're lightweight and you won't break anything. <laughs> you're nice and dainty. And she's like, oh, you just picked me because of my size. And he's like, yep. <laughs> And then just consistently throughout the movie, they were just like being like, oh, you clever girl. And it's like, she's a girl, not a woman. And she's only really there, not only because of her size, but because of her husband, who's also an archaeologist. And so it'd be like, you have a great wife there. It's like, you can't tell her to her face that she did an amazing job and that she did a great discovery. Cool. And she's standing right there. <laughs> she's yeah. standing right there. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point because she, she makes such a big discovery in this excavation and it's like they're all celebrating her but they still sort of treat her as this like yeah they're just like oh this girl this you're a clever girl like you said it's just like it's a little it's a little condescending when she obviously does have you know skill in her own right as an archaeologist and deserves to be treated as such so that brought in like really good portrayals of just kind of how some women can be treated in the field especially in the early 1900s <laughs> and then part of her new love story that was introduced to the film was a photographer took pictures of her discovering things. And then she was like front and center when all the photos were like printed and displayed in front of everyone. So that was cool. But apparently the photographers originally were women and then they were swapped out for a man so that for the drama. they could fall in love. Yeah. And so that her and her husband the could yeah, well. divorce. <laughs> uh, we should put a spoiler alert before. The, I mean, obviously it's a spoiler alert. But yeah, we're just giving all of, yeah. all of it away. Also, it was an interesting realization of these, this kind of like, not realization, but bringing up the elitism within the archaeological industry and how they're looking down on Mr. Brown in the movie. And it's just like, well, not all of us have a fellowship at Cambridge. And just because you have a fellowship at Cambridge means that you are kind of looked better upon and you're more, your opinions are more valid than another. And 
It's just like, well, do you know this soil? This man, Mr. Brown, knows the soil better than any of you. Because y'all probably participate in armchair archaeology, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mr. Phillips. <laughs> oh, man. it's I, I really got a good sense of that through the whole film. Just that, you know, the the issue really of local knowledge versus that elite academic knowledge that I think is particular, per, particularly uh, pervasive in the realm of um you know, indigenous archaeology, uh, when we're, you know, working with indigenous communities, like, obviously, these people, these communities are going to have their local and indigenous knowledge. And oftentimes, it's so much better than, you know, these fancy scientists with all our like degrees and everything. And it's, it's important and to just recognize that we obviously don't have all the answers. And, we don't have all the knowledge and there's other forms of knowledge out there. And I think, you know, they did such a good job of representing that with Mr. Brown because it's like he very clearly was really good at excavating and he knew the land and he knew what kind of site this was going to be. And I mean, I've experienced this myself in the field with like my field school out in Peru. Um, the, the IMR people we worked with to excavate burials were incredible excavators. They were incredible archaeologists and I learned from them because they could teach me and they were more knowledgeable than I was. And I really respect that. And I think this movie did such a good job of capturing that issue in like, it's, it's just obviously a different time period, a different era in a different space than, you know, what I, I know and I work with, but it's, it's still an important issue for today. And just even that, like, still translates to today as well. So it can still be transferred. And I, we were talking about community archaeology in one episode and how important it is to talk to the people in the community and be a part of it and just have just the local engagement because they know more than anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like no, there's there's no real like experts that just because everyone can still continue to learn and it's like if we're not learning are we even really living anymore i did i did really appreciate how they painted the like most established archaeologists as kind of like the bad guy of the scene um because i feel like that's how a lot of archaeology was back in the day is very um like dictatorship over the field site, you know, like he started calling it his ship and like, you're not allowed to go into the site unless I give you explicit permission and blah, blah, blah. And he was just like sitting there at his desk as this tubby guy in a white suit and pointing fingers. Um, But yeah, so I, I did like how I feel like in places like Indiana Jones and like that sort of thing, you still get this very like, elite I know everything vibe from like the archaeologists and yeah like you said this did a really good job at painting a different picture yeah I think also the there's kind of a little bit of character development for Mr. Phillips when the little gold coin came about because he was just like oh there is no coins before the ninth century Mm. oh sixth century dark ages and then it's like wait a minute this is money they had culture they got art they got money and now they're (laughs) civilized and it's just like wait really that's all it took for you to be like oh they had this beautiful (laughs) culture all right dude (laughs) but then after that his like opinions towards mr brown changed Mm -hmm. a bit yeah But that was an interesting thing because I feel like so many archaeologists are so quick to assume that ancient people didn't have culture. They were just like hunter-gatherers that 
made fire and then moved to a different place and then made another fire. And like, that's as much like humanity as we give them when like people haven't really changed like all too much in the last tens of thousands of years, you know, and like our technology has changed. Sure. But like, there, there hasn't been much difference that we can tell in like the way our brains operate. And so people definitely had like relationships and culture and politics and all of that. And I think we're just now getting good at assuming that first instead of assuming like this ancient, ancient people or savage people and that sort of thing. And yeah, so, so that was cool to kind of have that like unveiled a little bit. Yeah, I think it I, I, honestly, it, it reminds me so much of like the romantic notions I hold, which is, I think the romantic notions that are everywhere. Uh, it's it's really such like, I'm such a sap. It's, I'm the biggest sap. But it, I, I think there's, there was a quote somewhere um, where it's, it's someone's life once revealed and that's why we dig. And it's, you know, there's a lot of beautiful quotes in this movie. But, you know, you think about, you know, you think about people who live 10,000, 20,000 years before you, and it is hard to, to try to figure out and, you know, have just not, not necessarily evidence, but just have like, you know, some sort of tangible idea of what their life was. But they're, they're like you were saying, like they're, they were still people like very similar to us. They might've lived incredibly different life ways than we did, but they ultimately had joys and they had loves and they had, you know, sorrows and all, all the things that come with being human. And it's like, we, we won't be able to, to know those, but it's, it's okay. we get a piece of it. We really get a piece of it. And it's, that's what we're chasing is that tiny piece. And it's, it's so, it's so like, you know, it's just a, such a disservice to assume that they weren't, you know, just as complex as us and complexity in itself is such a, you know, it's such a, a, a just a arbitrary notion of just like, it, it doesn't matter. It's like they're, they were human too. And you should, you should treat them with respect. One of the quotes we wrote down was from the first human handprint on a cave wall. We're part of something continuous. Life is always changing, evolving and progressing. And it's like, in the movie, the kid was just so infatuated with the sky and just space and time and being like, even in 500 years, things are still going to keep going on. And in this space, it's going to just be in a blink of an eye. So it's like we are looking at these mounds that have been existing for thousands of years and we dig it up only for a brief period of time and then we're soon going to be in those mounds. And it's just kind of like, what is life? And it's, there's a lot of philosophical thoughts that you can go into with the movie and with everything or you can just like take it at face value and be like digging (laughs) (laughs) well and part of that romance too one the guy who's going off to war what was his name like rob rory rory yes rory (laughs) rob (laughs) rory he was like um like thousands of years from now what'll be left of us and she's like well this coin some bits of your watch and like that sort of thing and it was basically like a like leading into like let's make the most out of this moment because we're all going to be gone someday um like that yeah but yeah a lot of great metaphors in this movie yeah just living your best life as it comes and trying not to spend too much time dwelling on things that we can't control 
you know, I I think because of that, I'm 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 raising my rating from a seven point five <laughs> to an eight point five. Yay! After <laughs> like, discussion, like good metaphors, <laughs> yes. And so I'm like, <sighs> yeah. But based on the real events, I give it like a five out of ten. But we'll talk about that after this break. So in this last segment, we're going to be wrapping up a little bit and talking about the movie versus reality, which is always the fun one to critique. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the other one's really fun too, but we can go in. I have a website up. It's called historyversushollywood.com. I think, well, when you go through like this website, which we will link, you can see the older photos that were taken at at the site and everything. It's really cool. I kind of thought Ben Chaplin looked like Antonio Banderas. Did anyone else think that? Oh yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I thought he looked so familiar. I was like, wait, that's not Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio. Antonio. Historical accuracy of the dig to the dig. So in the movie, Edith is shown to have this great interest in archaeology and Egyptology. And she's like seen reading this book on Egyptology. And she's quoting being like, oh, like when they were finding King Tut's tomb, they found fingerprints still there on the sides or on the walls or wherever it was. And she actually was very interested in Egypt and would always travel around throughout Europe, apparently. And she just had this fascination with history for her whole life. And kind of going in with, yes, Basil Brown was an archaeologist, but he wasn't considered to be a professional. I think it's like some of the biggest like inconsistencies were the love interests. There was no like sort of love triangle with Mr. Mrs. Brown and Mrs. Pretty. And they added that in as well as Rory and Peggy and I mean, I think it was just main, meant to show that Peggy and her husband were not on really like the best of terms when throughout their marriage, and they ended up have, divorcing in the 1950s, I think, if I remember off the top of my head. Also, in this article, they mention how there was no real like animosity between Mr. Phillips and Mr. Brown, and how they kind of just work side by side on the site. At oh, really? Sutton Hoo. So they they weren't sworn enemies? Does not seem like it. Well, there was a bit at the end that talked about how um, Brown wasn't mentioned in like the discovery of all of the Sutton Who bits until like pretty recently, right? That's what it said. Something like that. Um, in the movie, when Mr. Phillips took charge of the site... He was like, no, Mr. Brown, you're not to do anything here anymore. We're kicking you off the project, basically, or off, like, the ship. You can't, like, step foot in it. And there's, like, a thing on this article that says, like, was Basil Brown allowed to continue work at the site? And it's like, yes. But the Dig True story reveals that Charles Phillips was also now in charge of the excavation of the ship's, of the ship's, of the ship's burial chamber that Mr. Brown discovered. But in real life, Charles Phillips and Basil Brown were respectful for, respectful to one another during the excavation. He even Phillips even complimented Brown on the meticulous manner which he had excavated in the ship. 
But I'm like, mm, I don't know like how accurate this is in comparison to what actually happened. I mean, like, are there like documents about it or like firsthand accounts and written stuff? Because like Mr. Phillips can be saying like, oh, you know, I did this. Like I, yeah, he did a great job. But then Mr. Brown can be like, he didn't say anything to me. <laughs> yeah. The, honestly, it's it's decently accurate. Like, you know, if I'm being honest, like it's it's it's. I, I think it did a good job at like staying factually, you know, true throughout the whole thing. I, I did notice like you know a couple things like the whole dramatic haven uh, or like uh, you know moment where um, Basil he like you know gets buried by a mound that is improperly shored and like supported, and that that didn't actually happen. Um, but which it was a dramatic moment. It was it really was shocking in, in the in the yeah. Moment. We I literally jumped when it happened. I was like ah yeah, <laughs> and then we're just like oh my god, is Mister Brown dead? Like really, we just started like falling in love with him. But also it shows like the dangers of earlier archaeology and just how there was no like regulations and really safety precautions, but. After that, he was just like, I know how to dig now. <laughs> and like, here's some poles in the sides. And yeah, I think like how they're showing the digging being done as well. And then needing to protect the area with, with what they could. So they like covered the wood with tarp during like the rainy periods. I feel like if it rained that hard on that thing, it would have disintegrated. Because like that pit was full of water like in the movie. Because isn't it just like a sand impression of the boat? Because it wasn't like actual wood left over, right? Yeah, because wood wouldn't have survived that, would it? Mm-hmm. I, I, it looked would like it? a, like, <laughs> would it? <laughs> it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't. Because, <laughs> I mean, they find things like that at, like, they, at Stonehenge, too, the impressions of wooden posts, you know, that are, that are nearby that indicate, like, other structures that were made of wood instead of, you know, the stone, and they don't survive, but you can still you know, figure out the general layout because we have those impressions. I want to see what the actual site looked like. It's cool seeing, yeah, it's the sand impressions, like seeing the photographs in comparison to the movie as well. Cause it's just like, they like tried to do it spot on and it was Mm -hmm. really cool. I really want to go back to the scene where they're showing all the photos that Rory had taken and see if they actually tried to just recreate this, the photographs that were taken throughout the excavation. The cool thing about, like, movies like this, too, is, like, even, like, just as we're Googling through it, I bet Sutton Who has gotten so much, like, traction on Google after this movie came out. And I think, like, in that respect, it's it's really cool to have movies like this, even if they are accurate or inaccurate or whatever. It, it brings traffic to archaeology, which is really cool to get people interested in this sort of stuff so I can just like imagine actually I can't imagine what it was like just to bring it out of the ground like fully intact and just being in like what is this amazing thing (laughs) like just being completely shocked because like they didn't know what they were getting themselves into especially Mr. Brown he was just like I'm gonna just dig (laughs) We we got some mounds here yeah, I think it's. I think what they got really right is like the excitement of like finding something on a dig, and everyone's just like, "Oh my goodness, we we got something! We got something!" <laughs> it's just such a good moment. It's, like, it's yeah. a coin. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I didn't really look into 
anything about like the movie before, so I can't really speak on like what was accurate or not. Um, Cause I wanted to be surprised, but yeah, I remember like learning about Sutton Hoo when we were doing our masters in the UK and like I, they were actually really accurate on like how they excavated the mound too, because I remember one of my professors talking about how they usually go about excavating like those big, like tall vertical triangle cutouts of the mound. That's like, like a, like a piece of pie. Yeah. Or like, what was it called? Like a step trench some step trench that sounds right <laughs> but basically like cutting into like steps and the layers of the mound since it's so tall and you want to get like a bit of everything I do like how in the movie it would like there would be a guy in the background just kind of raking through dirt that had been excavated so all the spoils and just being like who are sure anything in here in conclusion go watch it <laughs> I liked it a lot yeah, I recommend this movie. It's a, I think it was really beautifully done. The acting, phenomenal. I mean, it got Lily James in it. It's got, <laughs> it has Ralph Phineas, Carrie Mulligan. I'm just going to be naming everyone. <laughs> but it's just like, I don't know, like the actors, the scenery, everything, the imagery, everything kind of about it was really beautifully done. And I think by having it go directly to Netflix as like a Netflix original, it brings a lot of traction in with archaeology and it's kind of great because it's not just like a giant dramatized like Indiana Jones adventure, but it's like the actuality and the excitement of it all and just kind of like, hey, this could be in your backyard, but not probably, but maybe <laughs> there's always something under there. <laughs> If you dig hard enough. <laughs> but don't do that. <laughs> Probably not. I don't really recommend it. You could like burst <laughs> some sort of pipe or something. <laughs> we should do another movie night. That was really fun. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was cool having some people interact with us too um, in the chat. Thank you to those who joined us. We should look up what movie. We should do like the, um, what is it? King's, King's. Um, What's the what's the movie with with the British guy and they fight crime and then it huh? goes to Kingsman? Kingsman, there we go. <laughs> it was problematic because it ended up taking place in like a Cambodian temple where the evil lair was and like the whole part of that um part of the movie they were like shooting at these ancient ruins and like breaking things and like it was exactly replicated off of like a famous Cambodian temple. And so a lot of people got, I think it was like banned in Cambodia too, because it was like so disrespectful to like the ruins and everything. So we should watch, we should watch a bad movie next time. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> watch some bad movies so we can have yeah. some firm critiques on it. Yeah, it's just reassuring to have, like, a good archaeology movie. It was cool. I don't know. I have hopes. High hopes. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about bad archaeology and media eventually. <laughs> next time <laughs> on our next movie night. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and be sure to uh, check out our socials at I Dig It Podcast on almost everywhere now. Um, be sure to check out our blog, I guess, uh, on yeah. Tumblr. That's pretty cool. And big welcome Join our Discord. to Izzy. Yay. Izzy. Hello. Yeah, looking forward to all the things we're going to be doing. 
hopefully. Um, <laughs> so stay tuned. And if you're following us on Instagram, we'll have like these consistent ish. Yeah. Consistent updates <laughs> <laughs> about things that are going on. And that's where we'll also be saying stuff for our next movie night. Okay. See you guys Thanks. next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.